1: Welcome into Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV network. I am at the FanDuel Sportsbook over at the Meadowlands, and we've got a fun show planned for you today, guys. We are going to do a Boston Red Sox fantasy baseball preview. Craig Mish will be broadcasting live from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, the Marlins and Orioles game. Uh, We'll have Joe Ranieri jump in for a little bit as well, three up, three down. He'll give us some wagering tips when it comes to the MLB season as well. But thank you for joining us here Wednesday, March 4th on a hump day. Uh, we got a lot to talk about the Boston Red Sox. We have news coming out of Red Sox camp. Xander Bogaerts making his spring training debut today. We got an update on Chris Sale. But before all that, it's worth mentioning, you know, Craig has wanted us to start to show with some good news for a while now. We have exactly that. Christian Yelich looking to sign a massive contract extension with the Milwaukee Brewers closing in on a nine-year contract worth $215 million. Obviously, we'll get into more of that as the show goes on. You know, Some people are going to say that he's signing for a discount. The Players Association, this is something that Craig has brought up before. Obviously, the players want uh, each other to sign for as much money as possible because it sets up the future for the players, even better. And when you see a player like Christian Yelich, who is a perennial MVP candidate, he won the MVP in 2018, signing for you know, a near nine-year, $215 million contract extension, kind of gives you some pause because if he was to hit open market, You'd probably make even more money than that. We'll get into all of that today on the show. Again, it's Fantasy Sports Today, live on the SportsGrid TV network. I am Frank Stanfield. We'll talk about Tout Wars last night. They had the mixed league draft, 15-team roto, 5x5 with OBP instead of batting average as well. Uh, the Boston Red Sox, fantasy preview. An interesting team. What is the motivation of the Boston Red Sox this upcoming season? It's something that we'll talk about. The rotation Kind of in shambles right now with uh, the news on Chris Sale. Eduardo Rodriguez likely to start opening day for the Boston Red Sox. The lineup is without Mookie Betts. They're trying to get under the luxury tax as well, the Boston Red Sox are. So we'll talk about all that today. The Red Sox, we've got three up, three down. Florida man later on in the show. Craig Mish is live. From Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. He is covering the Marlins and Oreos later on today. I am Frank Stanfield. But coming up next, we have a news update from Sean Guasamachia. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, guys.
2: Thank you, Frank. I'm Sean Guasamachia with your fantasy sports today. Sports Grid News Update. NLB News 2018 NL MVP outfielder Kristen Yelich and the Milwaukee Brewers are close to a contract extension expected to run nine years and worth around $215 million. This, according to The Athletic and ESPN, the deal, which would run through the 20. 20- 28 season includes a mutual option for the 2029 season which is expected to get done this according to espn's jeff passan yelich would make 12.5 million in 2020 14 in 2021 then a new seven year extension worth 190 million would kick in yelich the 2018 national league mvp won his second straight nl batting title last season some news coming out of the Pittsburgh Pirates Spring Training Facility in Bradenton, Florida. They are cleaning, doing a deep clean. This, and I quote, an overabundance of caution after a man around that area tested positive for the coronavirus. This is just a deep clean, just uh, being safe there. Full slate of spring training games today with all 30. MLB teams in action. The fun starts at 1 p.m. Eastern time. All right, some college basketball news. Speaking of the coronavirus, the Chicago State University men's basketball team will not travel for two regularly scheduled Western Athletic Conference games this week, and its women's team will not host two games, the school announced on Tuesday, citing the spread of the coronavirus. The school said in a statement they are just moving with health and well-being. This is a quote of the Campus community in mind. End quote. Chicago State's men's basketball team is 0 and 14 in WAC play, 4 and 25 overall this season. The women's team is 1 and 13 in conference play, 1 and 26 overall. NFL news: According to reports, the Jacksonville Jaguars have agreed to send cornerback AJ Boye to the Denver Broncos for a 2020 fourth round pick Boye is heading into the fourth year of a five-year pack he signed with jacksonville in 2017 is set to make 13 million the deal will save the jacksonville jaguars 11.4 million in cap space that is your fantasy sports today sports grid news update now back to frank and craig
1: well, thank you, Mr. Sean, for the news update here on the Sports Grid TV Network. It's Fantasy Sports today. We're back. I am Frank Stanfield. Craig Mish will join us once again live from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, Marlins and Orioles game coming up later today at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. He'll join me around 11:30 Eastern Time today. Uh, before then, we'll have Joe Ranieri, the host of the Morning Line here on the Sports Grid Network. He'll join me at around 11:15. for three up, three down. Uh, later on today, you. You heard from uh, Sean Guastamachia, The Brewers are close with a contract extension with Christian Yelich on a new nine-year agreement. So here's what you need to know about this contract extension when it comes to Christian Yelich. He'll play out his remaining two years on his current contract, which is $26.5 million. It'll eliminate a $15 million club option for 2022, which obviously the Milwaukee Brewers would have picked up, and this adds seven years at approximately $188.5 million with an average... Uh, Value, average annual value of $27 million for Christian Yelich. So some people might be scratching their heads, the players might be scratching their heads and say, well, if Christian Yelich would have just hit the open market, he would make more money than this. We see players like Bryce Harper getting these mega contracts, Giancarlo Stanton getting mega contracts, Manny Machado with a mega contract of his own. And you can argue that Christian Yelich is better than those three players all around. What he can do uh, in terms of making contact, hitting over 300, hitting for power as well, uh, just everything he's done over the past couple of seasons with the Milwaukee Brewers, his maturation as a player. The problem is that I see with this, and I don't really disagree with what Christian Yelich did here, he wouldn't have hit the open market until he was 31 years old. And we have seen recently that once players are past the age of 30, teams are a little bit more hesitant to hand out those long contract extensions. Remember, Bryce Harper got his contract extension, what, 26, 27 years old. Same thing for Manny Machado, in the prime of his career. And who knows, maybe Christian Yelich will still be in his prime at the age of 31 years old. But again teams would be a little bit less hesitant, they would be a little more hesitant rather, to give out a contract extension to a player at the age of 31. So he wants to get on top of that now uh, and obviously provide some financial security for himself, for his family, and look, this is nothing to sneeze at anyway, $215 million contract extension, that's a lot of money, but the Players Association uh, obviously would have opted for Christian Yelich to make it to free agency or even try and wait a little bit longer into his current contract in order to make more money and earn more money and demand more money out of the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, uh, it's a great thing that that he's doing for the Brewers because it allows them to add more pieces around him to make that team a contender. Uh, Every year it seems like the Milwaukee Brewers have one of the best lineups in the National League, Uh, but when it comes to their pitching, a little bit shaky at times. I like Brandon Woodruff this upcoming season. We'll see if Adrian Hauser can have that sleeper breakout type season that some people are touting him for right now. Uh, Obviously, they bring bring Josh Lindblom back to the States uh, from Korea as well, so let's see what he can do. Craig Mish, I'm sorry, buddy. I know that you just drafted A.J. Puck over the weekend in your labor mixed auction. The problem is he is now dealing with a mild left shoulder strain. We got this news yesterday afternoon. An MRI was taken earlier this week, showed no structural damage for the 24-year-old A.J. Puck, and we've talked about him a lot on this show. Remind some people of Randy Johnson because of the frame. He's like 6'7". He's got the long hair. He throws extremely hard. Mid to high upper 90s uh, with the fastball there. A lot of strikeout upside, but basically missed all of last season due to injury. Now dealing with this shoulder injury doesn't seem like he's going to be ready for opening day. Uh, Obviously, the Oakland A's are trying to compete in the American League West with the Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Angels as well, but they have to be cautious because He's still only 24 years old, A.J. Puck. He's a big part of their future. And, you know, a lot of talk has been out of Oakland camp that they're not going to put an innings limit on Jesus Lozardo and A.J. Puck. I don't think that anybody who's realistic, even, even the most optimistic fantasy players who own Jesus Lozardo and A.J. Puck this upcoming season, believed that neither one of those players were going to be on an innings limit them. this upcoming season. So uh, we'll see how long A.J. Puck is expected to miss. Uh, maybe expect him back the middle middle of April, late April, and obviously that helps him uh, pitch further into the season from a fantasy perspective. So just make sure you cover yourself early on in the season if you draft A.J. Puck. Red Sox manager Ron Renneke, and of course we'll be doing a Red Sox fantasy preview today here on the show. Ron Renneke said... This morning, that the team is waiting for another opinion on Chris Sale's elbow uh, in terms of the MRI results. Remember, last season, he met with Dr. James Andrews in August because of an elbow injury, which shut him down for the rest of the season. He actually was dealing with a shoulder injury before that in July that he got checked out last year. And all along, if you watch fantasy sports today with myself and Craig Mish, if you watch the fantasy BFFs, Every day here on the Sports Grid TV network, 3 p.m. Eastern time with myself and Greg Sussman. We weren't really buying that Chris Sale wasn't going to be ready for opening day due to a flu or a pneumonia. This guy has been dealing with elbow injuries dating back to last year. And while some of the numbers still looked really good in terms of the strikeouts, the underlying numbers, the XFIP, I get it. The ERA was still over four, and I owned Chris Sale in the NFBC main event last year, and I watched a lot of his starts. He was not right. There was something wrong with Chris Sale last year. He was missing his spots. The velocity was down. He got the late start to spring training last year. Obviously, the year before that, the Red Sox were pitching deep into the postseason, so that had some wear and tear on Chris Sale the year before heading into last season. But it's clear that there's a lot of risk involved with Chris Sale right now uh, if you are drafting early. Speaking of drafting, we did have the Tout Wars mixed draft last night, 5x5, five 15-team five, roto. I will update you later on in the show on where some of these injured players went, including Chris Sale. We'll do that today here on Fantasy Sports Day. But coming up next, Joe Ranieri, host of The Morning Line, here on the SportsGrid TV network, will join me for three up, three down. We'll also get some thoughts from Joe Ranieri in terms of how to wager in Major League Baseball. We'll do all that next here on Fantasy Sports Today.
0: DailyRodo.com is Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stamford. Now, what goes up must come down. Three up, three down.
3: What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of an inning.
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV Network. I am Frank Stanful, and I mentioned that Craig Mish will be live from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium covering the Marlins and Oreos, but until then, I have Joe Ranieri, host of The Early Line, which you can watch every day here on the Sports Grid TV Network from 7 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Joining me from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium, Joe Ranieri, what's going on? How is sunny Florida treating you, my friend?
3: It's beautiful and I'm actually watching Mish eat a hot dog and drink a beer down behind home plate so I don't know this (laughs) crap about him not being I don't know what's going on with him he's certainly taking his time getting up here we're in the press box here getting ready for the Marlins Orioles today it's a balmy 78 degrees here today so I don't know what it's like where you're at but the air conditioning is freezing in here.
1: Well, that sounds a lot better than where we're at. It's about 50 degrees and windy right now in New Jersey, which honestly is not so bad for this time of year. I'll take it, but obviously would much rather be in 78-degree weather watching Craig Mish scarf down a hot dog and drink a beer as exactly. well. Uh, Joe, will you be wagering on today's Marlins-Orioles game? Do you bet on spring training baseball, or is that just, like, out of your league? You
3: know what it is, right? I do know a, a number of uh, pros that do bet on this and they bet these because they feel there's an edge now the, the limits aren't very high so you can't go drop five dimes on a you know on a spring training game but um, there are a lot of guys that feel that uh, you know teams like the Yankees and uh, you know the Dodgers during spring training they get so overvalued especially when they're on the road during spring training that they find a lot of profiting a lot of edges on betting against those teams against some of the lesser known teams you know like the orioles here or the detroit tigers teams that you would never bet on during the regular season or wouldn't think would beat them but spring training games is it's a different animal and it's usually because we bet numbers we don't bet teams right the dodgers and the yankees i don't care who's hurt who's not they're always going to be overvalued in the marketplace
1: yeah, and, and betting on spring training baseball is just crazy because you don't know which pitchers are going to get involved, exactly. how long the starters are going to play, you know, which minor leaguers are going to get into the games. And look, a lot of these young kids, they have something to prove. So that's why you could see random teams like the Marlins, the Oreos, the Detroit Tigers knocking off some of the bigger name teams because these kids have something to prove. I myself will not be wagering on spring training yeah. baseball today, uh, Joe. Let's jump into three up, three down. The way that we like to do this, Joe, is normally we'll talk about some trendy baseball topics that are trending up, some pop culture as well, and then we'll talk about three that are trending down as well. So I'll try and get you involved here. Uh, My first trending up topic is Garrett Richards. You might remember the name a couple of years ago with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Starting pitcher there was sitting 95 to 97 miles per hour with some nasty sliders yesterday in his spring training debut. Two innings pitched, one hit, two strikeouts. He's a late round sleeper in fantasy baseball right now. The guy still throws incredibly hard, has a wipeout slider. It's just a matter of health. You know, Garrett Richards has not been able to stay healthy the past couple of seasons. The San Diego Padres clearly need him to stay healthy because, yes, we're all excited about Chris Paddock and Denelson Lamette, and they have Joey Lucchese there as well, but you know, they're going to need something out of Garrett Richards here as well. They need a bounce-back season out of Manny Machado. Uh, Joe, do uh, you have any interest in the San Diego Padres this upcoming season? Obviously, in a tough division with the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Arizona Diamondbacks are an improved team as well. I see the win total for the San Diego Padres at 82-and-a-half. Uh, you know, what's your general outlook on, on the Padres this upcoming season, Joe?
3: Yeah, take the over. Uh absolutely there. I do think the uh the Padres are still maybe a year away, but there's no doubting the talent that they have. Young talent on that team. And you mentioned, you know, Richards. He's been dangled out there in trade rumors now for a while. I know the Padres were trying to Pull something off for uh, Chris Bryant, I believe, with the Cubs, and obviously they've got some arms there. Uh, you know, Lucchese. They got a, They got some guys that can absolutely bring it. I love the pitching uh, when you've got Tatis and you got, man, uh, you know, Machado there anchoring. Uh, they are going to win. To me, they're much closer to 90 wins this year than they are to uh, the 82, 82 and a half that a lot of the books have them at. Uh, it's just it, it's the Dodgers, and then who else? I mean, who would we realistically look at to finish second? Somebody's got to finish second. And outside of the Dodgers in that division, uh, who scares you? To me, San Diego, I think in the next two to three years, and they got an ownership group that, you know what, is willing to spend money. And in baseball, if you have that, you're going to be competitive for a long, long time.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the San Diego Padres, maybe a year away from now, obviously have a great farm system. Mackenzie Gore, one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. They have a really, really great bullpen as well. But I think what once Mackenzie Gore comes up, gets his, gets his feet wet a little bit in the major leagues, I think 2021 could be the year where the Padres yeah. really start to make some noise uh, in major league baseball. You mentioned the Chicago Cubs, and Ian Happ homered again yesterday, another late-round sleeper from a fantasy baseball perspective here, Joe. Uh, this time I tweeted out the video. He hit a curveball down and in this kid has a lot of talent. Remember he was a former top prospect for the Chicago Cubs and it was a matter of he hasn't been able to play consistently with the team. He's been sent up. He's been sent back down. He's been messed around. He struggled with strikeouts, but there's no doubting the talent is there. He's got some power. He's got a little bit of speed as well. Uh, you know, Joe, when it comes to the Chicago Cubs and just the National League Central in general, I think this Mm -hmm. entire division is up for grabs. And you you see it in the odds in terms of the teams to win the division this year in the National League Central. There's basically – it's a four-team race with the the Cubs, the Cardinals, the Reds are in the mix there as well, and obviously the Milwaukee Brewers. We spoke about the Christian Yelich contract extension at the top of the show. I understand Joe Madden is no longer with the team. David Ross uh, comes in as the manager, former player of the Chicago Mm -hmm. Cubs here, Joe. I am currently fading the Chicago Cubs. I like the lineup. I do not trust the pitching staff. Yu Darvish was great last year, but he's dealt with a lot of injuries. They have some older names there. John Lester's not the pitcher he once was. Jose Quintana hasn't been been able to get back on track the past couple of seasons. I currently think that this is the, the Cincinnati Reds' division to lose. Joe Ranieri, Ooh. you say what to that?
3: I, you know what? I'm not. I'm not going to argue with that at all. The Cubs, to me, are an intriguing team. I think they're still always, and they're part of that group that always gets overvalued, right? The Cubs, the Dodgers. There are just some of these blue bloods in baseball that you can count on the public always overreacting. Certainly from a betting perspective here. They're a team like you said, are they going to be able to hit? Yes. Are they going to be able to score runs? Absolutely. Do I trust the starting pitching and that? Oh, hell no. Absolutely not. I mean, there's nothing that we saw last year, some turnover, new manager, there's nothing from there's obviously, you know, some sort of disconnect going on with some of the guys there. I, I don't know what to make. I would not trust them enough to be like, you know what? They're a favorite. I love how hungry Cincinnati is. They obviously fight very well. So they, you know, they can handle their own. there on the field. And I do think that they are going to surprise a lot of people. And the Cardinals are always going to be the Cardinals. They're going to, you know, they'll spend the first half of the year figuring out. They'll get really hot right before the all-star break and then they'll go ahead and continue to make a run. Is Wainwright still pitching? What is he like 108? Um, Did they bring him back? Cause it feels like he's been a staple with that team for the last 25 years. Uh, But I do like the talent they have also in the minor leagues. And I think it's the Cardinals and the Reds
1: uh, are gonna make some noise here. Yeah, I agree with you. Adam Wainwright's still with the St. Louis Cardinals, and yes, he is approaching 110 years old now <laughs> with that team. Uh, our last trending up topic here that we have today, Joe Ranieri. I mentioned we've got to get some pulp, uh, pop culture involved here as well. And I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you get out. You watch a lot of movies. I don't know if you go to the movies, Joe Ranieri, but we're about to find out. There is a Candyman remake. Mind you, Candyman came out about you know, 20, 25 years ago, uh, either the late 80s, early 90s. I have not seen the original Candyman. There is a remake coming out produced by Jordan Peele. The trailer was dropped this past week, uh, and the movie will be released in June. Obviously, Jordan Peele has been more involved uh, from a production standpoint the past couple of years, producer, mm-hmm. director of Get Out and Us as well two movies that i thought were pretty awesome i actually preferred us over get out i thought get out was a little bit overrated personally Oof. um jordan big fan of horror movies do you get out to the movies or is it just wagering all the time 24 7 non-stop i listen if there's like look you can bet on movies too don't get me wrong here all right the oscars is a big
3: <laughs> wagering night um i will also i'll say that big fan of horror movies i wasn't and you know, everything is relative. I'm not a big if it's a classic, don't remake it. Like, I don't want to see another Jaws. You know what I mean? You 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 did you made the mistake, you brought back Halloween. Like, leave Jason Myers, leave Fred, leave them guys alone. There's no reason if it ain't broke, He'll never die. don't fix it. Yeah, don't they'll never die. And you know what I get, like Candyman's an interesting <laughs> situation because it it speaks to a generation like you said that. You know what? I, I never saw it. I didn't know the original, so it's going to be new for a lot of people. I think Peel is one of these guys. Rob Zombie's another one of these guys. They really took the the genre to another level and introduced some classics. Not all time. Not not the crazies like Krueger and and you know uh, Freddie and Jason, but more some of the ones that maybe you haven't seen, some of the offbeat and paths ones. So I'm all right as long as it's done well and you don't offend anybody. I do think it's going to open up the eyes for an entire generation of new horror fans by never having seen the original because it's kind of one of those specialty horror movies. I, I like it. It wasn't that big even when it was out, the original. So I like uh, I like the approach of redoing that kind of classic horror movie.
1: Not offending anyone—that's the key phrase there, Joe Ranieri. Because uh, it's pretty tough nowadays. Uh, As well, like you know, Halloween twenty-eight. I'm offended. You know, like enough. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I hear you, man. I hear you, man. Again, Joe Ranieri is live right now from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Craig Mish will join us in the next segment. He's covering the Marlins oreos game again today. Uh, Joe, we've only got we only got to our three up. We didn't even get to our three down. Uh, that's how much ha- fun we're having here on the show. So I appreciate you Love hopping it. in for uh, for Craig. Appreciate you having me, man. Plenty of baseball. Yeah. It's a it's a good time to be a, uh, a baseball fan right about now. Love spring training. It's a great time in general. we got March Madness coming up. We have baseball coming up as well. Uh, it's a huge time in sports and for fantasy baseball purposes as well. When we come back, Craig Misch will join us live from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium as we continue our team previews with the Boston Red Sox. Don't go anywhere. It's Fantasy Sports Today live on the SportsCreat TV Network.
0: DailyRoto.com. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanfield.
1: Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid TV Network. You hear the music. We're shipping up to Boston. That is right. Our fantasy baseball preview for the Boston Red Sox starts now. We've obviously covered the Toronto Blue Jays already. If you want to catch that, you could watch or listen on demand. Yesterday, we went through the starting lineup. Of the Toronto Blue Jays, we went through their rotation. We went through some prospects. We spoke about Nate Pearson. We spoke about Anthony Kay as well. Uh, So you can go back and watch it on demand if you want to find out any of our thoughts when it comes to the Toronto Blue Jays. Again, we will be talking about the Boston Red Sox, an interesting team to figure out this upcoming season. What is the motivation for the Boston Red Sox? Are they just kind of, you know, kicking the tires here? Are they just kind of you know throwing in the towel on the uh, on the 2020 season? Obviously, they trade away Mookie Betts. They're dealing with the injury to Chris Sale right now. The rotation. Already looks like it's, you know, shaky at best. Uh, And then this lineup now is void of Mookie Betts. So let's dive into this lineup. I know that we have a graphic made, guys. If we could throw that up now uh, with the lineup, projected lineup of the Boston Red Sox here in the 2020 season. Uh, Expected to lead off for the team, Andrew Benintendi. What should we expect from Andrew Benintendi this season, obviously had the huge letdown last year in a season with the juice ball, only hit 13 home runs with 68 RBI, and his stolen base attempts went from 24 in 2019 uh, to in 2018 to stolen base attempts last year in 2019. So obviously he wasn't as aggressive on the base pats. The one thing I will say about Andrew Benintendi that I liked from his season last year, and there's not much, he improved against left-handed pitching. Last year he had 269 with a 796 OPS. And you see the stats here from 2018 to 2019. Everyone expected Andrew Benintendi to take That next step in 2019, in fact, he he went the other way. So you see it here. In 2018, wound up hitting 16 home runs with 87 ribbies, 103 runs scored, uh, and 21 stolen bases last year, just 13 home runs, 10 stolen bases. It was a mess of a season for Andrew Benatendi. What I will say about him as well is projected to lead off for the Boston Red Sox. It's obviously a really good spot to be in this lineup, hitting ahead of guys like Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, if things break right for Benintendi, his ADP right now is around 110, 115 over at the NFBC. If he fulfills his upside, he is someone who can be one of those mid-round steals of the draft. Again, that is Andrew Benintendi of the Red Sox. Currently, I don't have any shares of him. I haven't drafted him uh, because the quality of contact is just not great. Doesn't have a high exit velocity. Um, doesn't have a high hard contact rate. It's just, I think he is who he is. He's a 15 home runs, 10 stolen bases. Solid OVP, he'll score some runs, but really doesn't uh, produce much else. There are other outfielders going in that range that I think have more upside. Someone like maybe an Oscar Mercado, maybe a Byron Buxton a couple of rounds later can give you a power-speed combination. Uh, and with that, I will welcome in my co-host... Craig Mish live from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. Uh, Craig, so far, I've only gotten to the leadoff man for the Boston Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi, so you really didn't miss much. How is everything going out there uh, at the Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium? Obviously, you are covering the Marlins and Orioles later on today. How's everything going, man?
4: It's going good, Frank, and yeah, we'll have a full preview of the Orioles tomorrow and uh, had a chance to catch up with uh, a lot of their players, their manager and general manager, so that'll be good for our show tomorrow, but... Uh, Yeah, I mean, look, spring training is basically at the halfway part if you include all the times of reporting. And so I think for a lot of teams and very specifically some of the teams that we'll be looking at and trying to find those gems on those lower end teams, there's some real competition going on. And I was surprised how much uh, competition there really is genuinely for the Orioles. So uh, on tomorrow's show, we'll have that. Look, as far as the Red Sox are concerned, I think it all comes down to the same thing. And we'll talk about it throughout the show. Uh, This is a team that has below and really lowered expectations for where they have been in, I don't know, Frank, has it been like a decade? It feels like this is it, like this is the first time that they seem to be taking a step back. Uh, I think you have to ask yourself the question at this point, did they make the right moves? Did they do everything the right way, considering uh, they counted on the Yankees being healthy for 162 games? Now they don't have Judge, now they don't have Stanton, now they don't have Severino. I mean, if Boston would have kept everything intact and maybe Chris Sale was healthy, Boston could certainly chase for the American League East. But from a fantasy perspective, I think we also have to lower our expectations a little bit. It's a dynamic that we haven't seen in a long time.
1: Yeah, I think we do have to lower our expectations, uh, specifically in terms of counting stats. Obviously, losing a player of Mookie Betts' caliber, an MVP caliber player, means that you know there are going to be less RBI opportunities for guys like Devers and Xander Bogarts and J.D. Martinez. I'm not completely downgrading them, but I think you have to uh, at least take that into consideration when projecting these players in terms of their RBI outputs, not having a player like Mookie Betts at the top of that lineup. Speaking of the Boston Red Sox lineup, let's run through this once again. Andrew Bennon. Ben- Attendee, expected to lead off here for the Boston Red Sox, followed by Rafael Devers, who just had the magical season last year, uh, wound up hitting 3.11 with 32 home runs, 129 runs scored, 115 ribbies, and even chipped in eight stolen bases, was a lot more aggressive at the plate, uh, and also cut down the strikeouts as well. Reminds me of a Javier Baez, where swings at a lot of pitches outside the zone, but also makes a lot of contact as well. I think he has a little bit more plate discipline than someone like Javier Baez as well. Well, Xander Bogarts batting third in this lineup really reminds me of uh, an Anthony Rendon at the shortstop position, just solid across the board, good batting average, 25 to 30 home runs, solid counting stats as long as he can stay healthy. He's making his spring training debut today for the Boston Red Sox. He is dh for them as he was dealing with an ankle injury early on in spring training. J.D. Martinez still expected to hit cleanup for this lineup. Uh, When you're looking at J.D. Martinez, one of the premier power hitters in the game, 36 or more home runs in three straight seasons has hit over 300 for four straight seasons. Reminds me of a Juan Soto going in the second round in terms of what he can give you, except for stolen bases. So obviously you're going to get an elite four-category contributor out of J.D. Martinez. He just needs to stay healthy, something he has been able to do each of the past two seasons. Again, that is uh, J.D. Martinez going in the second round of drafts. The back end of this lineup, you see it. Michael Chavis has some power potential, struggles big time with strikeouts last year, 33% strikeout rate. Mitch Moreland dealing with an injury right now, probably going to be on the strong side of a platoon at first base for the Boston Red Sox. Not really anything more than an AL-only player, in my opinion. Christian Vasquez, he was one of my busts at the catcher position. I think a lot of his performance last year was juice ball related. I think the power takes a step back back. Probably gives you like 10 to 12 home runs this year with a 260 batting average, which is fine from the catcher position, but I don't think he comes anywhere close to what he did last year. Uh, Kevin Pillar projected to bat eighth in this lineup. I think undervalued gives you a little bit of power-speed combination. He's going to fill in as long as Alex Verdugo is out injured. Uh, And then Jackie Bradley, you know, Craig, your guess is as good as mine. The curious case of Jackie Bradley, we've seen this guy, you know, have massive hitting streaks. Uh, He's incredibly streaky. Um, You know, he can go on these runs where he looks like, you know, one of the better outfielders in the game, and then also goes through one of these stretches where, you know, he's just striking out, he can't make any contact, the batting average is just woeful for, like, months at a time. Um, We know that he's a really good defensive player, but from a fantasy perspective, I think that Jackie Bradley is extremely uh, maddening. And someone, maybe you will target in the reserve rounds of your mixed leagues, uh, but outside of that, I don't think that there are high expectations for Jackie Bradley. So, uh, Craig, even without Mookie Betts, I think that this lineup is still pretty good, one of the better ones in the American League. Uh, What says you when it comes to this Boston Red Sox lineup, Craig?
4: Yeah, I mean, and and we'll, you know, dive into some of the individuals a little bit later in the show, but look, when you look at it and the moves that the Red Sox made, uh, I mean, they had to know, I think, I mean, they had to know, right, that Alex Verdugo was hurt when they made the trade. I don't think this could come at any surprise, so they make a deal for a player, essentially, who's probably not going to even be on the opening day roster, so Uh, You're hoping that in the second half, you'll be able to see him. But to me, that's more of a message that, look, we're trying to compete. But at the same time, again, we're taking a step back there. I was surprised when uh, the Giants completely let go of Kevin Pillar. And I think that three weeks ago, he was probably not a name that any of us were talking about. But just based on the year that he had last year, even if there is some pullback statistically with him, he's playing at a good ballpark. He's going to play in better ballparks than the one in San Francisco. I think there's probably a little bit of a bump of value for him. In terms of Jackie Bradley, I talked to him last spring training. He said that uh, he was gonna have some new stuff, a swing change. And you know those are, those are some of the things you really look for pe- or, uh, players to say, especially when they go through a tough year. Uh, but we didn't really see a lot of evidence of that changing. Uh, bottom line is that he'll play in the big leagues a long time, Frank. He's arguably the best outfield defender maybe in all of baseball. That doesn't really help us in fantasy, but because of that, He's always helping pitchers. He's always helping pitching staffs, and his, to the, his path to every ball in the outfield's fantastic. So, uh, Bradley's going to still continue to be part of this team whether he hits or not.
1: I don't think many people realize, Craig, that Kevin Pillar hit 21 home runs with 83 runs scored, 88 RBIs, and 14 stolen bases last year. He had a really, really good fantasy season. Again, that is Kevin Pillar, uh, incredibly consistent. He's going to hit between 250 and 260, has a little bit of a power-speed combination, going to play every single day until Alex Verdugo is healthy, which, as of now, we don't really know when that is going to be. Craig, the final question I'll ask you regarding this Red Sox lineup is, of the top four batters, Ben Intendi going in the middle round, Devers, a second-round pick. Uh, Bogart's an early-round pick. Uh, J.D. Martinez, a a borderline first-round, second-round pick as well. Who are you most likely to target on draft day of the top four hitters in the Red Sox lineup, Craig? I
4: I think because of the value, it'll probably be Andrew Benatendi. And, you know, you showed the split comparison before of him from 2018 to 2019. Take a look at 2017 to 2019. It's a real stark difference there. And, uh, and I think that there's gotta be some fire with him this year. I, I mean, I think he's gotta realize he went from arguably one of the most popular and had the highest expectations of anybody in the minor leagues for them. And then all of a sudden, you know, has really uh, you know dropped off three straight years in a row. So I, I think that there's gonna be a big bounce back from him. And based on where you're getting him in fantasy drafts, I think he's worth the investment. Uh, so he's the main guy for me. Uh, JD Martinez is the least sexy fantasy player, maybe in all of baseball. But the bottom line, it's 30 home runs. It's close to 100 RBIs. Great on-base percentage. Great average. Uh, phenomenal hitter.
1: He is Craig Misch. He's live from Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. He's covering the Marlins and Orioles, who will be playing later on today, about an hour and a half from now as well. Coming up next, we'll talk about the Red Sox projected rotation and their bullpen. We'll do that here on Fantasy Sports Today, live on the Sports Grid.
0: DailyRoto.com. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford.
1: To Fantasy Sports Today live on the SportsGrid TV network. Shout out to Bavona hitting us with the Sweet Caroline as we preview the Boston Red Sox today here from a fantasy baseball perspective. And In case you were just checking in last segment and you're wondering, where is Craig Mish? Why is he sitting with a door behind him? He's currently inside of the press box at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium covering the Marlins and Oreos. Craig, uh, how's the weather out there? How are things going? Uh, how's the press box treating you? Joe Ranieri said it's a little cold. They have the air conditioner too hot.
4: Uh, no, I, I mean, look, it's baseball. It's uh, Florida. It's it's the early March. I mean, only Joe Ranieri can have a complaint, honestly, on that. I mean, really. What's there to complain about? He's got free food. He's got free drinks. He's watching a baseball game. He's
1: hanging out with me, Frank. I don't know. Always something with Joe. Yeah, how's he going to complain? You know, he, he did say before, uh, before you joined the show that he saw you scarfing down a hot dog and drinking a beer at 11 a.m. The other day oh, you made fun of me. the King Scott Engel for that eating hot me. dogs at 9 a.m. Uh, Craig, you might need to de- defend yourself on this one.
4: No, that that wasn't me. That wasn't me. You know, typical Joe, you know, next week we got the Yankees here. I'm like, yeah, you want to come? We're going to be back here for the live broadcast next Wednesday.
3: Oh, the Yankees. Forget about it. What do they got? They got nobody. They got nobody. They're all hurt. I'm just
4: kidding. He didn't say anything. (laughs) We're going to bring him back next week uh, for for another uh, preview. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, this is something that I've done for at least 30 years covering baseball, covering spring training. And uh, it's great to be able to do our first live show here and, and, uh, and be able to talk and, and go over everything. And the other part of it, too, is as we talk about here on the show, uh, you know, sometimes when you're talking to players and you're interviewing coaches and executives, you, sometimes you get stuff, sometimes you don't that can help you on your fantasy team. But I can tell you there is absolutely without a doubt tomorrow a nugget that we will have for fantasy baseball in 2020, without a doubt, no question about it. So that's what we're trying to do. And, and look, we are the only show that's able to do this uh, anywhere in the country to be able to be at games or at least choose to be at games on the field and actually speak to the people who are involved in this process. So uh, I'm proud to be able to do it and,
1: um, and happy that SportsGrid is, uh, is able to help me out doing it as well. That is called a tease from a professional broadcaster, Craig Mish. Tune in tomorrow for our Baltimore Orioles Nuggets from a fantasy perspective. Again, there is no other fantasy show that is broadcasting live from spring training or getting player interviews as well. Uh, Again, that is Craig Mish doing a fantastic job out there at spring training. All right, Craig, let's jump into the Boston Red Sox projected rotation and their bullpen as well in terms of their closer situation uh, with Brandon Workman expected to handle uh, most of those duties this upcoming season season. Uh- Normally, the ace of the Boston Red Sox, we know, would be Chris Sale. Obviously, dealing with the injury, we got an update from Ron Renneke earlier today uh, saying that he is going for a second opinion. So it doesn't sound good when it comes to Chris Sale. No. And, of course, last night in the Tout Wars mixed league draft, uh, he still managed to go in the fourth round. How? I have no wow. idea. How are you drafting Chris Sale in the fourth round <laughs> really? right now when you don't know if this guy even has an elbow? It's, it's, it's absolutely insane, Craig. Uh, but I will have to save that for later on in the show Please. when we dive wow. into Tout Wars. Uh, The the second starter in this rotation, Eduardo Rodriguez, Craig, uh, took the step forward last year, managed to stay healthy. I think that's the biggest key when it comes to Eduardo Rodriguez. Pitched 200 innings for the first time in his career, had a big second half, 2.95 ERA in the second half. But I will caution you, because in the first half, Craig, his ERA was 4.65, his XFIP was 4.10. Second half, the ERA, 2.95, his XFIP, 4.10. 4.10. So nothing changed. The walks actually went up from 2.8 walks per nine in the first half to 3.8 walks per nine in the second half. He just got luckier. His strand rate was you know, unsustainable in the second half. His BABIP was a little bit low uh, as well. So Uh, You know, if you are buying that second half of Eduardo Rodriguez, I do caution you to dive a little bit deeper when it comes to him uh, this upcoming season. Rounding out this rotation, uh, and Craig, this is a, a who's who of misfits. Martin Perez, who has bounced around the league, he was with the Minnesota Twins last year, improved velocity. Some people were buying in. I was one of those people. Uh, it did not work out for Martin Perez last year, and it didn't work out for him yesterday either when he was on the mound against the New York Yankees and he actually got bombed in the first inning. I think he gave up like six runs, didn't even get out of the first inning. That is Martin Perez. Nathan Avaldi, like Matt Shoemaker from yesterday, I understand that there's injury risk, but I am intrigued by Nathan Avaldi going very late in drafts right now. 2018, 381 ERA, 113 whip. Started using his cutter more. We know he has the high-velocity throws, near one hundred miles per hour. Uh, I'm in, I am intrigued by Nathan Avaldi as a late-round sleeper right now, Craig. Uh, and then Ryan Weber, 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 Ryan. Are you, Weber. Are you sure this uh, graphic Ronnie is right? I don't know. Um, I'm yeah, uh, I think it is. Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Ryan Weber is the uh, the fish starting pitcher rotation. here for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, this is not a great rotation. Uh, Ryan Weber has a career ERA over five in the major leagues. Craig, you know what do you have on the Boston Red Sox? Are you excited about anybody in this pitching staff right now?
4: Wow, Frank! Like look at look at that graphic right there. I mean, is this real? The 2020 Boston Red Sox. Like, take Chris Sale and eliminate him from that graphic. Eduardo Rodriguez, Martin Perez, Avaldi, uh, Weber. And what? Like, we don't even know who their fifth starter is going to be. No, I know that's not a huge factor in April, but they're going to. But look, the, the one big misnomer about baseball is for people like us, even in the fantasy industry, we take a look at these things and say, oh, look at their starting five. It's really not that good. Let me tell you something. No team in baseball has five pitchers all season long. It's seven. It's eight. It's 10. It's 12. It's 13. Where in the world are the Red Sox going to go if sale is out? Like, I don't even think they have a 3, 4, or 5 here. And you mentioned Ivaldi. He may be intrigued. I don't know. Frank seems to be intrigued with all the guys that are hurt all the previous year. But that's another story. Uh, look, I mean, if Ivaldi starts, he could be something. But I think he's probably better served out of the bullpen. Remember, they tried to use him as the closer at one point. Uh, look, their, their back of the bullpen seems okay. Workman, who had never been a closer before, did a good job for them last year. If you draft Workman, you have to draft Matt Barnes. I, I don't even think it's close. It is an absolute thousand percent handcuff. i can't say that about a lot of teams in baseball but you would be doing yourself a huge disservice without having both of these guys i gotta tell you i think if i had to guess frank going into the 2020 season if chris sale is out for an extended period of time there's going to be an acquisition by the red this is not like the yankees where they have a couple of kids who are almost ready to pitch in the big leagues and and have some experience using some openers and some high leverage bullpen guys i think the red sox are going to absolutely to stay competitive Uh, Either go out in the free agent wire and find somebody that still hasn't signed or sign an extra starter for a team that has one. This is just a brutal looking rotation as compared to previous Red Sox teams, if it is without Chris Sale.
1: You know, Craig. I used to throw a baseball back in the day, and I am currently a free agent. So uh, maybe the Red Sox will be giving me a call. Nah, honestly, you're right. This rotation is god awful without Chris Sale involved, and things are up in the air right now with Chris Sale. And I think obviously it's not looking good. Uh, but we'll have to see, you know, if they dip into free agency or make a trade somehow. Again, I'll keep throwing the name Ross Stripling out there. Everyone knows yeah, that the Dodgers want to trade him. You know, why aren't the Yankees trying to trade for Ross Stripling? Why aren't the Red Sox trying to trade for Ross Stripling? You know, most teams don't have five starters as you mentioned Craig the Los Angeles Dodgers have like 10 so I think that they could afford to give one up right now uh, let's see what happens there you mentioned the back end of the, bu- the bullpen and Brandon Workman has already been named the closer he saved 16 games last year it was his first time in that role and he performed admirably uh, Brandon Workman is someone I've actually been targeting as a closer too you know if I miss out on those top 10 top 12 guys I've landed him a few times as my closer one I realize that it's not ideal but I will say this Craig I feel pretty good about Workman's job security. I don't know why I do. I don't know that I even should because he averaged over five walks per nine last year. But the strikeouts were great, and they tried Matt Barnes last year in the closers role. We remember that to start the season, and he was not good in that role. He was very good in a setup role. And I don't know if you subscribe to the closer mentality at all, Craig, but uh, it doesn't seem like Matt Barnes has it if that is a thing. So I actually feel pretty good about Brandon Workman. Yeah. I, 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 think, I, I feel pretty I think good. I don't mind Brandon Workman as like one of my closers there.
4: I think that there is a chance yep. with Barnes that maybe the second go-around is better than the first. And that's no indictment on Workman whatsoever. But uh, I, I all, my theory on closers is always the same. And you have to ask yourself this question. I've, I've said it before on shows and with you, and I'll say it again. If Brandon Workman, Frank, blows three saves in a row, he's no longer the closer of the Boston Red Sox. And there are probably 20 closers out there that are like that. And he's he's in that category, man. He blows the first one, no big deal. He blows the second one, you start to worry. He blows the third, the manager says we're going to give him a break. And then the other guy comes in and takes over. It's like LeClerc from last year. So, look, he's got a chance to save 40 games. He's got a chance to save five games. I put him in that volatile category. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – I guess – Putting our show together in the last 24 hours on this show, I guess I just didn't realize how much sale means to uh, to what the Red Sox are doing. And to think if this is an extended injury, and again, ended up winning a World Series with Boston. So we got to look at it that way, too. They did carry that title with him there and with him fronting that rotation. But if he's out for any extended period of time, Kopech, Mancata, that was a big deal. Big trade that they made uh, sending those players over to the Chicago White Sox. And You know, Boston at this point, got to wonder what situation would have been better for them. But again, you win a World Series at that point, you know, Frank, you can't take anything away from them.
1: Absolutely. Before we close out the hour here, let's just take a look at their top prospects in the organization. Guys that might be able to make an impact this season. Obviously, they trade away Mookie Betts. The prize possession in that trade was Alex Verdugo. He's not going to start the year on time. He's dealing with a back injury. Makes a ton of contact. I've seen people compare him to a Michael Brantley light. Hits a ton of line drives. Actually hit left-handed pitching very well last year as a left-handed batter. That's something that I liked about Verdugo. I think when he's in the prime of his career, assuming he's healthy, I think he someone that can approach a 300 batting average, give you close to 20 home runs and be one of those middle of the lineup bats for the Boston Red Sox. Bobby Dalbeck is the other name there. Uh, last year hit for a ton of pop in the minor leagues between AA and triple A. Wound up hitting 27 home runs, but does struggle with strikeouts. Maybe we see Bobby Dalbeck uh, at, point, at some point this upcoming season. All right, when we come back, we'll continue previewing the Boston Red Sox from a fantasy baseball perspective. I want to get Craig's thoughts on that Christian Yelich contract extension as well. We'll do that